wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. A7FL 3-on-1 podcast. We are counting down to week five of the 2023 A7FL season. I'm your host as always, Matt Ryan, and I am joined every single week here on the pod and every single Sunday on the games of the week by you know them, you love them. He's glaring at you menacingly, Big Rob Fabian, and you already... You already, uh, what is it? Omega, Omega, uh, something. Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond of the Boston Corey Hammonds. No, we're the Omegas. Well, the Omegas will be in action this week on the games of the week, and we'll go through what those are. But before anything, guys, before we get into the top 10, let's go over the scores this week of the A7FL. Uh, a big week four, a historic week four. We saw the highest scoring game in A7FL history where the sick with it almost became the century boys and they defeated the OTT 92 to 38, but a big move in the top of the A7FL Northeast. The Silk City Animals became the 60 boys themselves getting a win 60 to 46 over the DC buzz, a more game DC buzz than we've seen all season, guys. We saw them put up a fight with Mark Diggs behind center. Uh, Lenny Manziel used a lot more sparingly uh, in our third game of the week. K Uno could not get it done pretty much by himself uh, against the Vegas Hunters. The Hunters walking out of that game 40 to 36 with the win. The Omegas defeated the Snow Tribe. The Insomniacs. I would love that. I would have loved that, Matt. Sorry, the that Renegades over the Snow all. Tribe. I'm so I it's been it's only Tuesday and it's been a week. Uh, but we go back now. The chaos once again to not complete a game. Uh they won 41 to nothing. The BIC. Sorry, Corey. You can see the score on the screen if you're watching the video podcast. Uh, we won't say it on the audio to uh make sure that no innocents are harmed in the making men. We're men. You're my friend, but also the force. 
But the force also defeating the gold 62 to six. Those are your scores around the a seven FL, uh, the ghost in the O town orange going into overtime for the ghost to get a win. Uh, you know, gray and the O town orange. We're talking a lot of spice heading into the week, but Joey bait and company getting the win when it mattered, uh, getting to one and two on the season. And if you uh, ask Joey bait, how that game ended, he'd love to tell you, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> And you can listen to that on the Parlay podcast, uh, wherever podcasts are sold, uh, which has become kind of the anthem of this podcast for reasons mm-hmm. I necessarily don't understand. Yeah, you're the one who's co-signed it. I just kept going yeah, with Corey, it, just me Corey making the mistake. It. Yeah, Corey started it, and this shit just sounds good. Not going to lie. <laughs> it's perfect. It sounds good, but it's also dumb because podcasts are usually free. Usually. Usually you gotta you gotta pay for this podcast. Pay what? I don't know. Uh, more than likely your dignity, integrity. your pride, your yeah, your integrity, your time. Everything. Uh, but we're but we're so glad you join us here every Opportunity week on the podcast. The voice, right? Yeah, but we've got a big week five ahead. But guys, before we go into the thing that everybody wants us to talk about, what tinyurl.com backslash a seven fl merch. Oh, if you can't see right now, you wish you could, is all I'll say. I'm wearing, I'm doing the douchebag thing of wearing my shirt on my show to promote my shirt in my show. I mean, that's just good marketing. That's, yeah, that's good marketing. Some would call it That's great marketing. I mean, we did get in touch with, we did get in touch with Baby Joker's VP. You saw his uh, Facebook yeah, story. I saw he that. shouted us out. I saw that. Got he has, with him. He's got a, it. My man has his own marketing director. No way. I missed that. Uh, I heck? mean, it could just be the guy who just dyed his hair. It could be an actual <laughs> VP of marketing, which means that there's probably an actual president of marketing, which means he also probably has a CFO and a COO. You could probably Wait. tell that I was just watching. Is that a W-2 job? If so, you know, hit me up. I'll I'll send you my resume. A lot of, a lot of it's here. Or if you can afford all that, check out tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch. That's tinyurl.com backslash a7fl merch. And since Baby Joker was hussing a little bit in the game, maybe he picks up a shirt for himself. He seems okay. like a hus hus guy. I I'm oh, making oh. the assumption real quick. It's not I'll try. It's not thick boy season. That young man's going straight for the hus. And the animals going straight for the hus this week. I, I, every week they continue to impress us. They continue to impress me at the very least in how they're playing and just the determination they had. And that goes into the what we're going to be talking about mostly this week on what some would consider a shortened edition of the podcast. Uh, the top 10. And Rob and I said it alongside Zach Morgan uh, this past Sunday night during our final game of the evening, but it was moving day in the top 10 across the board. And to say that selecting any week in the, in this top 10, it's unofficial. So it it comes down to the three people on this podcast. It comes down to me, Rob and Corey. And we take input from other people. Uh, some people call us, some people do editorials that we have to tack on to the podcast. Uh, some people call us bad journalists. Uh, some people 
think that we're at fault specifically all three of us for things that happen in the league that we legitimately have no say over. Uh, there will be people that are requesting that we move games. I did not know we ran the, do we run the league now? I, I, I don't remember signing any contract. I, I think we're both a responsible for everything that's wrong with the league mostly and b the, the people that uh, our fans, not all of our fans, but some select guys, have fired us multiple times for multiple things. So I, I don't know if we're moving up or moving down or if we need an agent or if, or if we need a raise. But we, we, love, we love all of the comments from everybody in our live stream. And uh, shout-outs to uh, Rosetta Stone. Yeah, from the YouTube the first, chat. Hitting up, up with the first $5 donation. So, I mean, it's, it's the full gamut at this point. And you can donate anytime live Sunday. You see the graphic there starting at 1 p.m. on a7fl.tv and internationally on DAZN. Uh, way you can uh, donate with DAZN is by subscribing to DAZN. And also you can support our sponsors, including Skillshare. You see it there on your screen. Or you can go into the podcast little bio there, the info box, and go to tinyurl.com slash a7fl skillshare. That's tinyurl.com slash a7fl skillshare. Uh, maybe they'll have that, a course, on social media and schedule building since the people who uh, attack us every week think that we make the schedules and run all the social media. One of those is right. Which one is it? You'll have to find out. And, the skillshare you know, them a, uh, a course on counting down or counting up from the top 10? Yes, they do. And uh, enough of that. I, I was trying to go into how serious we've taken this list and how chaotic it has been uh, to well, come up with this top 10. Yeah, for sure. In week four, shout out specifically to my guys in Baltimore, the Watchmen, for basically making the, the middle of this conversation we're about to have something that the three of us are, I think are still confused about our, even our own points at times. And of course I'm multiple people. So the, we is myself, Matt and Rob know what they're talking about, but let me just say this. If you're upset with the top 10 or where you are in it, here's two things. A, the way that ours, our, our playoff system is set up. All you have to do once you get into the playoffs is win every game and then you win the championship. So good luck. And B, mm. Fuck him. Let's get to it, Matt. All right. Fuck so it then. Corey, we, we, we'll, we, we'll save time. Corey, no, no, go ahead. What, go Corey, ahead bro. what Corey really wanted to say, but he's such a nice guy, is if you're upset at where you're at on this list, you should have fucking won. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Matt. There we go. I had, to, I had to insert the photo of uh, Sangria Bobby there because our own, our own Bachata Bob is cutting in and out on the video. But we got, we got you back now, Bob. We I can't call you Bob. Your name's not Bob. You just combined the big Rob Bob. Boom. Come on down, the either. big Bob. Uh, hi, I'm Big Bob Fabian. Coming down, the big Bob <laughs> Fabian's audios. I want to put you in a Datsun. I'm getting old, man. I might I might have to go to Big Bob soon. <laughs> might have to I, go to I would Bob. love to see Big Rob try to get into an 85 Datsun. Trying to sell someone an 85 Datsun. I think Rob could do it. I think Rob goes to Bob when he gets that that forward face and hat with the Peaky Blinders war. Once he goes to that, yeah. and then he has like, and he's got to have something in, like like something he's chewing on, like like either a piece of straw or a pipe or something. Once he goes to that, you're Bob, man. That's it. 
he's gonna have a uh, see see Rob Ro- our our buddy Big Rob, aka Bachata Bob, is a fashionable man, and he sees our our Quattro Huffin, friend of the show, yep. potential MVP of the A7FL this year, walking around wearing the fanciest of hats. Facts. I think I Big Rob that. is gonna you're gonna bring back the tri cornered hat, Rob. I personally believe uh, yeah. you're going to bring back the I'm tri-cornered hat. I'm with it. But speaking of tri-cornered hats, we had a problem with three of our teams trying to figure out which of them would be in the three slot. But we figured out one and two. Let's get to it. It is time for our A7FL top 10 coming in at number one for the first time ever. A Las Vegas team, a non-new Jersey or Maryland team sit atop the rankings and the Insomniacs are number one, number two in their highest spot to date, the Silk City Animals. Uh, They come in at number two. They play the Patterson U this Sunday on the games of the week. The number three slot goes to the Baltimore Watchmen coming off of their upset win over the Patterson U. Uh, The U fall to the five spot and ahead of them are the Trenton BIC who Beat Ken, uh, Corey's Omegas last uh, Sunday on A7FL.TV and DAZN. Uh, and in the sixth spot, rising up a spot, the Sin City Chaos got their third win of the season. Uh, the Tampa Nightcrawlers coming in in the seventh spot. Those two teams, I think, are going to rotate between six and seven until the end of the season. And it's not a knock on their talent, guys. And we're going to go through all 10 teams here in some form or fashion. but we've not seen what they've been able to do against large scale competition. Ohio is still growing. Florida is still growing. So we're seeing that competitive fire between a few teams, but the most important showdown for the chaos is this Sunday against the Covington heist who are also undefeated. Uh, The sick with it after putting up 92 points. And I need to say that again, on camera, to camera, 92 points in a football game. They scored the same amount as a team would do in a 2008 Western Conference final game. That is a (laughs) Tim Duncan Spurs score. That is Spurs Warriors round one of the Western Conference semis from like five, six years ago. But they are in the eighth spot. The ninth spot goes to the Kryptonite. Hard to completely take them off the top 10 guys because they did lose. They did get their first loss of the season, but it's to a num- the number one team. A team a week ago that was ranked number two in our league and wrapping things out, making their debut in the top 10 in season, the Covington heist. Guys, this was a mother, a, a mother of a list to put together, to be completely honest. And I think we were all in agreement for the most part on one and two. We both believe that the Insomniacs and the Animals are at the top of this list because they are both undefeated. They both have quality wins. Now, the the, the quality of opponent can be argued, but the Insomniacs beat every team put in front of them. The Animals beat every team put in front of them. And... One, I, I, if not handily, proved that they're at the top of the list for a reason. 
And for the Insomniacs, to me, the list, they're at the top of the list because of who they've already beaten. They've beaten the top three teams that would be considered in that division. They beat the Sick with it. They beat the Force by an impressive number. And then they beat the Kryptonite by an impressive number. So you loop that in with Trey Robinson, Scooter Hamilton, uh, Eric Shufford, and, you know, Bravado all these other players Wilkerson. that they have. And Bravado Wilkerson. This is the elite team in the Western Conference right now. And a lot of people are going to say the Sin City Chaos. And, hey, those guys are putting in work. They hit me up. The, the, and you know that they're looking to make a statement because of how often they communicate with the three of us. The coach of the Insomniacs, the coach of the Chaos, are conversing with us about how important it is for them to prove that they're at the top of their division. There's a matter of pride to it. There's an an understanding that coming into Jersey, a win isn't guaranteed for any of these teams. But they have to show that they're at the top of their division and they want people to know that and they want us to talk about them on the podcast. And I think they've earned it. I, I honestly think they've earned it. Rob, Corey, when we looked at one and two, what were the things that really... Is there anything I'm saying that you inherently disagree with? Or are there things that I haven't brought to the table yet in justifying our top two teams? Um, Honestly, the top two teams are exactly where they're going to be probably for the rest of the year. Um, Unless, I think the Insomniacs are going to stay there. I don't disagree with anything that you said. You think number two is going to stay there? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I think Insomniacs. Yeah, the Insomniacs. There. Yeah, because on um, their schedule left now, is OTT, not in not in any specific order. Yeah, OTT, no, uh, the Gold, and I believe the Hunters. So they've pretty much played yeah, the teams that are the class yeah. out there. So they're likely, the only, unless they make a mistake. Yeah, they're the only team that can beat themselves. There's literally no one in the West as of right now. Take offense, write it on your bulletin board. There's Until no the playoffs, the at, at least. No, no, no. I'm not talking yeah. about the playoffs. There's no one in the West that can contend with insomniacs. Quote it, put, put, put it on your team page. Say Big Rob is losing his mind. Y'all got to show me, bro. Y'all got to beat them boys. So the insomniacs in the West, they're going to stay there for a while. Um, right now, the only way the animals move up, in my opinion, is if they beat the U on Sunday. There's going to be a very strong argument to bump them up to number one if they beat the U. But if they do not beat the U, then, you know, back down they go, unfortunately. But that's just the way the cookie crumb crumbles. Other than that, nope, I have no disagreement on one and two. I think that's very fitting for both teams. And the only thing that I will say and, and, and what I will do is not, you know, call out who it is, but take responsibility for myself. We will say, even though we put the Insomniacs at number one and the Animals at number two, Based on the metrics that we're using and trying to apply the and this was a this was the the basis of our conversation, trying to apply the fairest way to assess what these teams have done so far and not use either bias or our opinions on on who we see on the roster, but just what they've put on film and what they've done against the teams they've played. They're the one and two team. But I will say this. We all in one way or another had something to say that was a little bit like, well, but I will say that one of us, and I'll take responsibility for it, said that we likely think that the three, four, and five teams that you're about to talk about 
might be favorites in our opinion against both of these one and two. So, you know, basically, long story short, whether you're happy or you're a little upset about where you are in this list, it really doesn't mean nothing because it means nothing because Sundays you have to show up and keep proving yourself. That's what football's about. And and I agree. And when we, we talk about three, four, and five, we talk about the Watchmen, the BIC, and the U. They're in a nightmare scenario, not only for us doing this list and our podcast that carries a lot of weight in the league for the fact that we're we're creating this conversation. We're inciting this conversation. And these players, these coaches, these managers, it matters to them. And Rob, we were talking about it. And I'll be transparent. I was like, why does our list matter more than the standings? And and Rob, you kind of put a finer point on it when we were talking about this on the phone today about it does matter. It it matters because they want to be seen as the top teams in this league. They want to be seen by at least two of their peers and and my my fat ass uh, as an elite team in this league. And I think being on this list shows that because there's 16 other teams that aren't on this list. There are a sufficient amount of teams. The heist, it took them week five, heading into week five for them to be on this list, and they're in at 10. The, the kryptonite were undefeated and really never, I think, rose above five. So it, it is one of those things to where I see your way of thinking on it. But what when we talk about three, four, and five, the the argument came down to how do we figure out this impossible puzzle to who's better between the three of them? Because the BIC beat the Watchmen, the U beat the BIC, and the Watchmen beat the U. So if you're trying to do a trigonometric, like if you're trying to do math on that, and I am not a math guy, it may look like I'm a math guy. It may look like I code on the weekends, but I do this shit. And you're more of a a literary guy looking. You, yeah. look, you look like oh, yeah. you're 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 deep in a you're deep in a 800 page book. Oh yeah, totally. The guy with Harley Race sitting over his shoulder, big literary. I, I do love books, but uh, I'm being sarcastic. Of, I know you are. <laughs> Fuck you. How about that? I'll be I'll be sarcastic. But that's, we, that's just aggressive, aggressive, and I that's appreciate just me. That. I'm 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 sorry. I'll try not to. I got to live by my own code here. Not be an asshole. You know I love you. Uh, but yeah. we look at this three. It feels good sometimes. Just go for it. Shut there up. you go. Bro, Just go for it. it. Shut up. But when we talk about the three, I'm four, and five, Baltimore, Baltimore earned a three spot with the win, and it came down to net points. And when you have that kind of tiebreaker, when you need that kind of tiebreaker, it's amazingly valuable, not for it giving us an out, because a lot of people are going to say, they're going to they're gonna make those exact noises. But when you look at the three, four, and five, you can make arguments for all three of those teams to be number three. You And we all did. We all made sufficient arguments <laughs> yeah. 
for each one of those teams to be yep. in three. It was it was like watching. We were debating each other and ourselves all at the same time. Uh, and it was crazy. It was an it was an insane and, and conversation. The team, and the team that we said was at five. I out loud said that if the Miller brothers are there, they're the number one team that I've seen. But in the rankings for the top ten, the U sits at number five. And and it is it, it it's not recency bias because we talked through that. It's not you know these guys are are you know Big Rob's most recent former team. No. Big Rob's been at, at least as critical, if not more critical than the U, than any other team that we cover. And I feel like at, at different points in our conversation that went from Sunday night, really late, just for a couple minutes, Monday night for a while via text. And then we were like, all right, we just got to call and hash this out. And then we're on the phone for an hour and 15 minutes. Every single one of those teams was in all three of those spots. So basically that's how close they are. And I'll even say this, just to be an asshole, as I sometimes can be, as you just noticed in the last 15 minutes of the show, I even said, why, why, not do, why are we not even including sick with it in this? Because after putting up 90 points, they're basically just saying like, hey, hey, guys, look over here. And our number one team, they lost by three points. Now, I think we all agree that the three, four and five are the, are the, the teams that we consider in that little group. And I'll say that I said that multi- at different times, one of the three were on all different spots. So it was a difficult thing to do. And when it comes down to it, like we said, the net points means that the game control, the way that they dominated, and specifically the way that they looked against the top team that they just played in the number one U team, Watchmen are three, BIC is four, and the U are five in week four. And I guarantee in about uh, – What's a week, Matt, in, in hours? 150-something or other? In about seven I days. I got I to gotta go check the, the rent song book. Oh, no, that's a year. Shit. Um, 525,000. Hold on. Regardless. Hey, robot, how many hours are in a week? That would be 168 hours. There we go. 168 hours. This list is going to be completely different. Oh, Yeah. And, and, and I'm be. just gonna I'm just gonna shack it out while Corey and Matt pacify you big fucking babies. It's as simple as this. If y'all don't like your spot, I said it earlier, you shouldn't have fucking lost. I personally don't think three, four, and five was that difficult. I we actually predicted this shit three weeks ago when we watched the schedule and we did all this. We definitely predicted a nightmare scenario, as Matt called it, where the three the three-headed monster beat each other. Yep. And the only way. There's no, there's literally no, no other way to determine who's better in a standing situation, in a national situation, than net points. You should have scored more than the other motherfuckers. It's, it's as simple as that. And we can, we can sit here and talk about ifs and buts. If I had wings, I could shit in the sky and be like a bird, bro. It doesn't, none of that shit matters. Because what happens are, the cold hard fact is, none of the teams we're talking about made the schedule. None of the teams we're talking about they they had full control of what they did when they got on the field. I don't give a fuck who stayed home. I don't give a fuck who who decided to show up and who's hurt. None of that shit mattered. This is the gauntlet of an A7FL season. You're going to feel it. Welcome to week five. Everyone feels it. Everybody got bumps and bruises. So guess what? If your team wasn't able to hold it together, and I'm really talking about the you, 
who weren't able to hold the number one spot from losing to the Watchmen, who lost to BIC to put everybody in this quote-unquote nightmare scenario conundrum, guess what? At the end of the day now, scoring more points than the person you're playing against and stopping them from scoring is now more important than anything when you're tied up like this. And the crazy part is that's football, Any that's sports. The whole point of winning or defeating a team is to score more points than them. And if you stop them from scoring, it's an even better situation for you. That is how we determine who's good. That is not how we determine who's bad. I don't think the net points is a bailout. I think the net points is exactly what they were supposed to be. Because at the end of the day, outside of the one and two, everyone in this league would have a problem contending with three, four, and five. Because that that's the honest to God truth. Everyone in this league outside of one and two right now, because they're in the sweet spot, would have a problem playing against three, four, and five, including and I, them because they have a problem playing with each other. Clearly. And, and, I'd, and I'd argue that one and two would still have tough games. And guess what? And I'm just going to let them chill up there and enjoy their spots and not even talk about them because they earn their spots and they'll just stay up there. There you go. But then a, a team like the Kryptonite who are undefeated, where I'm like, okay, they're undefeated, but did they face the two-headed monster over there yet? No. And, and when, when they, they did, did, what happened? Yep. What happened? So now they're like, oh, well, why aren't you calling our name week two? We're undefeated. That shit don't matter. The chaos and the nightcrawlers are not playing enough games to be moved around. Honestly, they're in the top ten because we know they're good. The chaos might lose their spot this week. I, and yeah. personally, I w- listen, we won't even get to the rest. The chaos might lose their spot this week. Maybe. We don't know. We have to see it. And until teams realize this is not like, listen, if you can mercy rule everyone you play against, why wouldn't you? Are you kidding me? If well, the chaos, the, the, the chaos have done that. No, That's sure, the thing. The, the chaos, chaos have done that. The chaos are in a first year division. I am not That's, saying well, second, what they're doing. Second year, but second year, but I'm not saying what they're doing is not impressive, but it's Ohio impressive. It is not nationally impressive. Well, that's actually well, a perfect well, segue. Yeah, because the yeah. next the next little grouping that we kind of talked about were the clear division leaders that are undefeated in divisions that are still kind of growing and getting their footing, which would be, right, Matt, the six and seven, which are the chaos and the nightcrawlers. Right. Yeah. And I'll start this one up because I kind of kind of started it already. The nightcrawlers are facing the same three or four teams. The Chaos are going to face the same three or four teams. They won't have enough games played to actually be able to even match up to the teams above them. But if they stay winning, if they stay in their winning ways, they will never leave the top ten. They just won't. It just won't make sense to have two division leaders out of the top ten. It it just doesn't make sense. The problem is New Jersey is filled with monsters and Vegas is filled with monsters, and that's where you kind of – try to fill in the dots. But as of right now, the chaos are going to stay where they're at and interchange with the nightcrawlers, depending on where they scored, who they scored against. And if, you know, if you really feel like if you're, let's say you're a guy in the chaos right now, you're like, gosh, darn it. They're not giving us no respect. They're not this. They're not that. Well, make it to Ohio. Let, let's make it to that Western conference game. And there's, there's no need for somebody like me, Corey, or Matt to give you your respect. You go out there and you fucking earn it. 
And it's really right there for every single team in the A7FL across, whether it's the top 10 or even the teams that make the playoffs and then get, get, get in the tournament and then have a chance. But I think when we distinguish the two teams, the chaos and the night crawlers, it goes back to kind of the conversation we were having about all the teams. We have a really high opinion of the Nightcrawlers when Mark Bagway and Deontay Henderson shown up based on their reputation and what we've seen. But the fact is we haven't seen it this year. So, yeah, do we expect them eventually? Sure. But, A, they haven't played enough or a lot of competition that we could really get it in to the, to the weeds of, like, where this team racks up or lines up based on what they've put on film this year. And to be fair to the chaos, even though I think we can – you know, I'm speaking for we, the, the three, you know, personalities myself, but you guys could co-sign it if you want. We respect the guys in Ohio for playing A7. We respect their toughness and their commitment. But I don't know, it just, it just a, no disrespect, but the base level of respect that we have for their product yet means that what the chaos are doing shows that they're a team that can score a lot of points and stop offenses from scoring. But how they rack up or if they rack up or stack up to the top of this league and the elites of this entire country, that's yet to be seen. So when you look at their scores, they're dominating and there's nobody touching them. But guess what? They have a chance, likely not to go up. Maybe. Maybe not. But they definitely have a chance to, to prove one way or the other playing the heist who we have seen, we can use a comp because if they go in there, like we said, and they're in as much control against the heist as we've seen them against the other two teams in their division that they've played so far. Well, let me, let me, let me posit a scenario. Let me give you a scenario and this will not make me popular for asking this question, but it's a question that has to be asked. We're going to talk about the three games of the week, and we're going to break down and give some semblance of prediction before we get off the air here. But I do want to talk about Sick With It. I do want to talk about Kryptonite. I do want to talk about those two teams and where they stand on the list. But positive theory. If, and this is the word if, the animals defeat the U on Sunday, do the U fall out of the top five? That's something that we may have to think about and talk about on Monday morning is that if the animals beat the you, 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 you know, I'll give you a clean answer. I'll give you a clean answer, Matt. The cleanest answer you could possibly give. What do you got for me? You ready for it? Mm-hmm. The answer, the simple answer to that is yes. You know why? Because in the top five is only going to include undefeated teams. And teams and one with loss. one loss. Yeah. That's it. The you get a second loss to the animals. Well, I can even give it to you now. If everyone that's supposed to win wins, and the you gets their second loss, um, who's un- who's right under the you? Nightcrawlers. Right, it's the chaos. The, the chaos. And it, the chaos. And the sick with it, which is one loss. And the sick with it. And the sick with it. Now, that two losses. The they're U looking at eight at the bottom five. Yeah, eight, nine, ten. Eight. Now there's an argument for six with it, sick with it to crack the top five. There's an argument there because now you're just you're basing it off of do you think the nightcrawlers who we really haven't seen yet 
can beat the sick with it. And we're basing everything off the Nightcrawlers. It's based all based off what they're scoring right now against who they're playing. And the potential, because we got surprised last year. We didn't talk about the Nightcrawlers at all. Then they came and get, they beat the a competitive DC Buzz team and then gave Rare Breed the scare of a lifetime. And again, you know this league is about matchups. The same way we just watched the Washington who lost to BIC handily defeat the U, right? This league's about matchups. The matchup last year, they were saying the Nightcrawlers might have been able to beat the U. And we'll, we'll never see that. We'll never get a chance to see that. But the truth of the matter is, if they have, well, we might see losses, that in the playoffs. The U like, we could be, see. Yeah, we might. But two losses, the U is out of the top five. There's no question whatsoever. Well, Corey, what do you think? In our ranking, based on how we're ranking these teams and 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 the the right way to do it, yeah, they're out of the top five. Are they? Are they not one of the best five teams? Or, or one of the least, uh, the 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 five teams I would like to face least based on their talent level, yeah. But I mean, what we have to do is is when we're when we're a full league now, a as the national show, we cannot ignore the other scores and just give no. the U their spot in the top ten or the top five or whatever based on their reputation. Just like we didn't just give BIC the nod over a team they beat at number three because they're the defending champs. This is a top 10 that we're trying to do as, as arbitrarily and as, as equally and evenly and fairly as possible. And, and we're basically just, <laughs> we're basically just me because after that week, then I have to play the U. If, if I'm trying to get the U and I make a, a plea for the U to be in the top five, it's because I play them that next sun, Sunday coming up. So, yeah, uh, let's just see what happens Sunday. And I know we'll talk about that, but that's really where we sit at six and seven. And then to round out the top ten, we have eight, nine, and ten. And I would say that outside looking in a team like the Renegades, that is two and two, which doesn't have a good record compared to these other teams we're talking about, that two and two looks pretty good because they've only lost by six points to BI, uh, seven points, excuse me, to BIC the number four team in the country and seven points to the number two team in the country and the animals. They took care of the business against the other two teams that they play. And as a defense, the renegades right now have only allowed 52 points in four games. Sick when it scored 90 and one. What? Yeah. So, but let's talk about, let's talk about the eight, nine, 10. Yeah. So that's sick with it is eight. And I, I put it out there now for all we talk about how even and fair we're being, let's be real. No disrespect to Vegas, the West coast in general, or shout outs to the other side of the ball podcast now featuring Scott McCorkle and my guy, it's Anthony Alvarez, right? Double a. Yep. I knew it was Alvarez. I didn't want to mess up the first day, but it's double a, right? No disrespect to them, but the East Coast is still a division top to bottom that I respect, especially after seeing a team get put 90 put on them on defense. Then I do the West Coast, but the top of the, the top of the Vegas division, we do have to take very seriously. And I will say this, even though they're eight, I don't know if I feel 100% confident betting my mortgage 
well, rent. <laughs> my rent that Sickwood it would lose to any of the teams in front of them, including the number one team, Insomniacs, which in week one they played, guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, they only lost by three points. So if you're in the eighth spot and you're with Sick With It and you're like my guy Lavish T out there, real flashy, Lord Tenyon from Demon Slayer, making great plays, by the way. Guys have to kick him and, 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 and leg trap him. Or Matt, you would describe it better because you know wrestling better than me. I'm just an idiot. To get him down because he's impossible to get down. He was tiptoeing up the sideline. Guys were swinging him by the jersey. I would say stay the course, win your games, because once the playoffs starts with any with anyone anywhere in the playoffs, regardless of what these rankings, these rankings say, you win the games in front of you, you get a trip to Ohio, you win in Ohio, you can go to Bullhead, Arizona. And uh, that's where everyone wants to be. So if you stay focused on the games and not Corey Handsome, Corey Hansen and Corey Hammond. And our opinions of you. Either use what we're saying to to motivate you, sick with it. But please, if if you're playing the gold next week, keep it under two hundred. So so that yeah. was sick with it. So who's after sick with it? Sick kryptonite. with it, kryptonite, and heist. Okay, now I I'm not going to be a favorite here. I'm. I'm taking this stance pretty clear. I do not think the Kryptonite belong in the top 10. Mm. I definitely think the Kryptonite belong on the outside looking in, and it's because of what the rest of their schedule holds for them. I I truly, I never thought they were in the top 10 personally, and as as good as Darnell is, as as much as he, you know, is running that team as well as he is doing, He's not able to do what he needs to do to beat the guys at the top of that division. I don't think he's even playing them tough. They're just getting, excuse me, clear-cut wins, and then they're moving on. They're not even looking at the kryptonite like it's a big game. And maybe they're wrong for that, but, again, the kryptonite have to show, excuse me, that they are they are a team to be dealt with. The Covington Heist, I definitely agree with being in the top ten. They, they, it took them a while. Like Matt said, it took them a while. They were knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Finally, they got a chance to come in. They're in the top 10. I personally. They, they almost think, lasted the attrition of the teams in front of them losing, basically, true, right? True, true. Yeah. And if they, if, if the heists take care of business this Sunday, then we have another there's, conversation that we got to figure out. There's no conversation to me. The chaos might be out. <laughs> I mean, no, I would, I would immediately, space. I would immediately. Figure out a situation in which we're figuring that out, but then we got to say, yeah. like, look, what are we because, looking because at? The if the is, heist can beat the team that's blowing all the other teams out in their division, so well, what does that say about the heist? It, well, again, let's see how they, says, the heist are staying in, the, the chaos yeah, are going out, way, and then they get to play each other again. Either way, Ohio will only have one team in the top 10. Next and I'm, week. I'm pretty whether, sure whether it's yeah. the chaos or the Covington heist, that's up to you fellas on Sunday. That's up to you guys now. It, in replacing the kryptonite, in my opinion, mm. is the renegades. Yeah. And I would have, have the, the kryptonite outside looking in, but the renegades right now have a front runner for defensive player of the year in Trey Baskerville, who literally, who's not only dominating on the defensive side of the ball, but 
he's scoring touchdowns now. He's like a mini Megatron. It, it's kind of scary what that defensive line was able to do. And this is a team that you said that you can show proof that lost by seven points to BIC, the defending champs, and then lost by another seven points to the number two team in the nation, number one team in New Jersey. The Renegades are a good win away from being in the top, you know, five conversation. And for me, that would have earned them a spot in the top 10. But again, this is a democracy. This is, you know, I'm, you know, you got to get overruled sometimes. So again, the kryptonite earned that spot. Who did the kryptonite play this week? They play the sick with it. Mm. So we'll find out a lot more about the kryptonite in their back-to-back games where last week they played insomniacs had a lot of trouble. Indeed. And if they can, uh, if they can either keep right. it close with sick with it or just not let up 90, I mean, Jeremy well, Geary let, and those guys out there. Because the I, I want to bring sure. this up. We talk about the 90 boys. They scored 92 points. They broke a record. They made history. They yeah. oh, are wait, facing I a... one thing up, Matt. Can I yeah. clear one thing up? Go yes. for it. The sick with it have the record for most points ever scored in the game in a game in A7FL yeah. history. But B And it's the most points scored between two teams in a game. It's the highest right. point total, highest individual Ever. point total, but yeah. Right. BIC has the record for most points scored. The highest margin of victory belongs to BIC. Highest, yeah. Completely yeah. highest margin of victory. So BIC yeah, they still won does 80, hold the record. They won 80 to 80 nothing. To that game yeah, could have went to 100 if if yeah, we yeah. If, if we that was, yeah. And so the 80 boys are still the 80 boys. And the yeah. 90 boys are now dubbed the 90 boys. Congratulations, sick with it. You guys are the 90 boys. Go ahead, and Matt. shout but, out to the Omegas we talk for somehow about... doing better than Snow Tribe uh, against BIC with the whole comparison. Oh, oh my God. Corey, we'll shut next week. Up. Shut, shut No, up. no, we got to talk about it. Our boy, Corrence Hammond, no, scored no. a rushing touchdown. That wasn't touchdown. me. That was Jeremy a Spelman. rushing Touchdown. It said it on the stat sheet. David Soberman put it down, so it is law. Damn shame. Corey Hammond <laughs> has a rushing BIC touchdown. let Corey Hammond run. Yo, I let Corey Hammond score a rushing touchdown. Well, listen. And, and if you weren't watching that... the broadcast, Kenny Stansberry and the entire defense ran wind sprints for allowing Corey Hammond our friend, our broadcast partner, a third of this show into the end zone with the football in his hand and not throwing it. And listen, for those who haven't seen it, it's not my average yards per rush, per attempt rush, not including my sacks, which obviously always gets a negative, was still only about seven inches and and, and three-eighths of an inch. So we're not talking about a run here where, you know, I was opening up the gate and going somehow I found the seed. You weren't that- Willis McGahee in Miami. You were me going for a coffee pot in the morning. But you know what matters? It doesn't matter how many yards it was. It's how many points you put on the board. You no, put six points. Uh, you scored a tutty. If we're going to talk about the Omegas first, shout out to my boy, Xavier Vinny Goose. He balled yeah. out. 
And unfortunately, I think I'm rubbing off on him because early in, in the game, the second play, offensive play of the game, he catches a pass, gets five yards, partially tears his ankle. He literally played oh. for almost the entire game. He's a warrior. He's a G. He's tougher than almost everybody in this league. Absolutely, 100%. R- rookie of the year candidate, in my Absolutely. opinion. And We've then got Jeremy a solid Spellman, list of that this year. And then Jeremy Spellman is the person who should be given the credit for that touchdown. Because I will describe the play. I saw a seam. I closed my eyes. You know, I know I was playing BIC and it said God did or something on their. No, it said OTF. But, you know, it's God's sometimes on their side against me for some reason. And I, I said my little prayer. And then here comes this, this momentum. And somehow I got in there. Now, what I did do, what I didn't do was give up on the play. I kept fighting. Only thing I can ever promise is that I'll try. But I do want to say that Jeremy Spellman, tight end linebacker wide receiver for the Boston Omegas you called him NY he had that good return he gets credit for the touchdown on that play I did nothing shout out to Jeremy Spellman and Goose two key cogs of that team but there's something that bothers me about the sick with it OTT game lavish T is an offensive player of the year candidate for his work as a returner but do we look at the fact that they gave up 38 points on defense? The the oh. defense in Las Vegas is going to be a thing we talk about heading into the postseason. And if I'm the Sin City chaos and I'm seeing the type of football we're playing in Ohio and we're playing more intense defense, and this is a this is a critique that we have had about Nevada. I would say since last season, they play a much different style of defense that is not going to benefit them when they cross into Ohio or when they host the championship this July at Anderson Automotive. Like we're going to be seeing these teams who have been used to defenses that drop back and kind of have to are forced to play spy. They're forced to play spy on the front line, the front two to four, whatever you want to call their, their frontline defensive unit have to act as secondary because of the speed of the quarterbacks out there. And I think a lot of it has to do, and I'm not as well-versed in flag football as I am in, traditional tackle football but it does feel like they're trying to port that defense over and that's why we saw a 92 to 38 game but a lot of that was also built off of back to back to back three on one touchdowns well and i will say this i think what you're saying matt is absolutely true for most of the teams some of the time now we've seen good plays on defense and we know that there's good defensive players out there I always say that Tone Smith, when we see him on on film, he looks like he's a legitimate defensive player. But I will also mention this of our number two team. Let's be honest, 46 to the buzz who are 0-4 looks a little sketchy. Now, putting it in perspective, Mark Diggs and uh, Keon Daniels. I messed up his name. Keon Charles. Keon Charles, excuse me. Sorry, my guy. I should have got it right. Um, I, I, I could barely see your Jersey. You were running so fast down the field so many times. So that's the only reason why I got it wrong, but the buzz put a 46 on the animals. 
So maybe there's something about the TBS quarterbacks and shout out to G Hurd and Savion Cunningham for OTT who have always, you know, managed to put up points, even in their losses this year, they, 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 they managed to at least get either the meaningful or, or non-meaningful or garbage time or whatever. They're, they're, they're stuffing the stats on offense. I would say they got to commit something to the defense. Cause if you're giving up 90, there's no chance of winning. <laughs> I just saw 72. I can only imagine what 90 is, but you know, if you're in the Vegas division right now and you think that you're going to walk out with the with the money at the end, you got you got to have your defensive line and your and your and your corners and your and your linebackers look in the mirror and ask themselves if if they're going to do what it takes to do that. Because if you watch the film of champions in this league, there's a certain style of defense that you have to play. And as much as we respect the Insomniacs, and we saw them playing some pretty good defense against the Kryptonite this weekend, the level of intensity from the entire Vegas division, I think, not to call them out at, to be a negative or, or, or so that they could be upset, but to just make them aware. You, you, you have advance notice now. Figure it out before you get to July 23rd. But, no, but that's what I'm saying. We talked to enough of these guys, like, who who are we talking to? Are we talking to Sick with it? Are we talking to Kryptonite? Are we talking to OTT? Because the teams, the top teams in Vegas know this for a fact. They know how to run defense kind of clearly because they're cleaning up over there. And I, I don't think people are dropping back to spy on a quarterback in Vegas because they're so fast. I truly don't think that's what's going on down there. I just think they're coming from a place where a lot of them still play flag and traditional football where zone works for yeah. them. Nope. Zone not here. And again, and it's not even saying that zone doesn't work here completely. If you have smart enough defensive backs that run the right schemes and run the right plays, then a certain type of zone can work. But I'm pretty sure no one in Vegas knows what zone I'm talking about. But teams like the U, teams like BIC, teams like the Watchmen, they run that zone, but you here won't know it's and a zone. there, though. Yeah, yeah, they, they run it. It's not. It's there. not endemic yeah, it's not, to their defensive strategy. Right. And but when no, you is, lose nearly, oh, no, wait, wait. I'm sorry, is, sorry. No, it is endemic to their strategy. The problem is nobody's paying attention enough to know where where did this guy just fly from? He's run. There's a zone being run, but then it's in Vegas. It's not being run from the proper spot, and the guy's job assignment. Is not the same job assignment that's going on in 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 the Northeast. Well, you and, can run. There's a type of zone. It's just not what they're running in the West. And not but the Insomniacs know that. Right. The Vegas Force know that. And sick. I don't know about sick with it. I don't know if they know that. But I know the Force know that because Rock Briscoe was throwing the ball all over the place and running all over the place in Vegas last year. Came to New Jersey and got his shit stomped. So I so. I'm pretty sure a lot of those guys do know that. The ones that need to know, know. I don't and, think a 92-point victory over a team that scored 38, I don't think that 38 is is as bad as you think because if I'm able to score 92, do I really care that you put up 38? Do do I really care? Do, I mean, honestly, like, do, would I give a shit? If I put up 92 points, I beat you by 50-something points. I don't care that you scored 38. I just scored 92. That 38 doesn't mean anything. It's it's and it's kind of it's kind of the same thing for what happened with Huff 
Huff and D, the DC Buzz. The DC Buzz probably played their best football on Sunday with Mark Diggs back at the helm. They they scored on forty offense. something right on offense. They scored forty something points. That is a beautiful score. And most likely on any other Sunday versus any other team, that forty something points is enough. Would, it's enough to win. But not that Sunday because the team you win against put up sixty comfortably, and, and they dropped more touchdowns than they made. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'll well, and, and what I'll say, and what I'll say is, is the the zone that Rob is talking about, not to give too much of 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 the tea of of exactly how it's run, but it's a matchup zone, which means that you're not covering the zone; you're covering the man in the zone. And I think what Matt's talking about is what we see. And like I said, it's most of the teams, some of the time. Obviously, we've seen good defense. And obviously, we've seen great football from Vegas and from California and from Ohio. But what, we're, what I think Matt is, is alluding to is when you see guys dropping back, covering field, and letting guys in their zone, in their field, just run free, it's, it's, it's no surprise that the average points per game in a Vegas game seems like it's 15 to 20 points more than what we've seen in the Northeast where we've seen a game seven, nothing. And I'll tell you why is because the renegades defense is, and, and the Asbury park wind seemed to be the only thing that was able to slow down Huff this season, offense or defense. (laughs) And that's, and that's the top 10. And more. That is top 10 plus. We gave you that was a top stuff. 10 plus. So, but, but before we go, we've got a little bit of time left. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about real quick this Sunday on a7fl.tv and internationally on the zone. We've got three games for you. All three games coming from the Northeast. Me and big Rob Fabian will be on the call for all three. Corey joining us for the first and second game of the game uh, day. And then the third game will be calling Corey's action. Uh, as the Omegas and the Renegades will face off at 7 o'clock in our final game of week number five. The BIC will play the Snow Tribe at 4 o'clock. We might see the BIC try to reclaim uh, their status as the 80 boys. I don't know if we're going to get we're going to see that happen on Sunday, but this is the matchup that brought us the 80 boys last season, but the Snow Tribe a better team than they were in 2022. Uh, and our one o'clock game, the battle of Patterson. We start off Sunday mm. with what may be the most intriguing matchup of the season. Is it the best game? We don't know. Is it the most intriguing matchup? Yes. Because the, you were coming off a loss. They are walking into this game with questions about their quarterback position. Carlos Croslin still dealing with an injury, we assume. Kareem Moon threw at least four interceptions on Sunday against a Watchman defense that looked championship ready. They brought a level of pressure, guys, that the you weren't – if they had – and, Corey, you were talking about if the Miller brothers were there – Yeah, no, if the Miller brothers were there, this is a completely different conversation, but we have to deal with the reality we're in. Yeah, guess what? They weren't there, though, so. Yeah, they weren't there, and they lost. Didn't look the same. And they're going up against a guy who understands the mechanics of that team 
better than any active player on another roster because he helped build that team. Rob, you were literally in the trenches with Quattro Huffin for multiple seasons. Three of those brought you to an A7FL championship game. Does Quatrell Huffin have the tools at his disposal to beat the U on Sunday? And I'm not laying a line. I'm not saying beat them by X amount of points or do X amount of things. I am just asking you straight up, does Quatrell Huffin with baby Joker and, you know, the guy that looks like Omarion and all these other guys on the team. <laughs> do they have enough to beat the U? Okay. Simple answer. The answer to that is no. They, they don't. Like, ah, this is a tough call. They do not have enough as a team to beat the U. That does not necessarily mean that they cannot beat the U. But if you're, if you're, the question that you're asking me is if Baby Joker and all these other guys that are kind of getting their first, their first kind of glimpse at stardom and, and a big name, Kenneth Stewart. These guys, Kenneth Stewart's been in the conversation before, but Huff doesn't, listen, this is going to be a hard pill to swallow for the animals. Huff doesn't have any serious or real weapons. He is the serious and real weapon. If you're asking me, does Huff himself have what it takes to beat the U? The answer to that is yes. But if you're asking me to tell Huff to rely mostly on his team to beat the U, the answer to that is no. He doesn't have enough there. But he has enough in himself. And what you're going to hope to see is what you've been seeing all season. Huff starting the game off at level 10 and where his guys might start at level three to four, because of Huff's intensity, those guys bump up to seven, eight, and nine really quick. And they start getting to it really quick. But where where the problem might lie is the same little mistakes that Kenneth Stewart had last Sunday or the miscues with some of the, you know, some of the the, the, the pitches or some of the handoffs. You can't afford to do that against a team like the U. No. The t- a team like the U will capitalize and they'll win that. Where Huff has an advantage is Huff is very good at scoring championship points and he's very good at scoring fast. <laughs> if, Sunday they did I mean, they did quadruple reverses on every single Oh my goodness. On every play, bro. It was, oh it was, it was NF it my, was me and my buddy playing NFL Blitz on the GameCube in the early 2000s. That was the even, offense being Can you even pitch ridiculous. it back in, in Blitz? I don't even... I, th- I think you, you could lateral. You could lateral. You can, in Street, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you right, you're right. You're in right, Street, right, you right. can, For but sure. I think yeah, you yeah. can do that in Blitz, too. So, so the thing is... It was a video game. That's all. <laughs> it definitely was a video game. <laughs> the thing is, a guy like Huff, he knows this team. He knows the weaknesses of the U. He would know how to exploit it. And we've watched him do crazier things. Do the animals have a chance on Sunday? Yes, they do. But that is very indicative. I couldn't pick a team to win or lose because I don't know who's coming Sunday. It's as simple as that. I don't know who's coming Sunday. I'm just going to be there at 1 p.m. 
to enjoy the Battle of Patterson. Absolutely. Because I couldn't I per I personally, based off of the teams I saw on Sunday, I personally couldn't tell you who's gonna win. Because again, you're dealing with a guy like Huff who's very cerebral, who I don't know what if people think Huff is some type of joke or he's a clown or this is like an accident that this shit is happening. But we don't call him the best at this shit for nothing. Ryan Shamar was on the show a week ago saying that Huff was the best to ever do it. Huff by himself, his existence as a quarterback is a threat. So regardless if he has the intangibles or not, any team that has to play Huff for the rest of the season must take them seriously now. You can't sleep because now I'll give the animals the credit that they deserve. The animals have never laid down for anybody. I used to kick up on the animals every year. But my problem when I played the animals was, hey, guys, this should be an easy game. You guys suck. Nope. The animals are going to fight. Tooth and nail. And I'm sitting here like, now we're up by like one or two scores. And I'm like, bro, I'm beat up against the fucking animals. Like, why? Because the animals are tough, gritty, and not, they don't have quit in them. And I'm sorry to throw a shot at a team like Snow Tribe with so much potential. A team like Snow Tribe with so much potential, if they had half the heart the animals had, they would probably be undefeated too. Probably be undefeated too. But the animals are full of heart, full of vigor, and they really don't care who's in front of them. And that's the essence of who the animals kind of always been. And that's really the essence of what A7 has has always been. Guys who yes. will, are willing to go out there and put everything on the line. And if you if you surround guys like that, if you surround Huff with guys like that that are lit, yo, they listen to Huff, bro. I've heard quarterbacks in this league complain about people don't listen. They listen to Huff. They just make mistakes. They actually listen to every fucking word that man says. All that does is make that makes Huff. Every player on that team is an extension of Huff, and that makes the animals dangerous this year. So and if the you come in there thinking, oh shit. We got an easy win. It's the animals. Fuck Huff. Fuck the Mother Patterson guys. Blah, blah, blah. If they come in like that, they're going to lose. And they I think have for to the, take this game serious. And I think for the animals, the scary thing is, Rob, that's 60 points that they scored. Huff was actively looking to get the ball out of his hands to share the wealth and share the, the, the yardage and the statistical you know, output. Against the U, those, those times he's looking to pitch back, if he's season opening, I think he's going to have the killer instinct that he knows this is the game that it's it's on him. This is the game that it's his responsibility that in a big moment with a big time play in front of him, he doesn't want to look for, you know, Dudu and shout outs to Dudu. That's what his that's what his daughter calls him. Just to be specific, we talk about it as much as we can. Um, we're obviously laughing because of the way it sounds, but there's there's a bigger and deeper meaning to it. That being said, he pitched it to Dudu, right? Like, or, or, or threw it to Dudu or whatever the situation is. Against the U, I think the, 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 the version of the Quattro Huffin that we get is that when he has a free sideline to run down and score a touchdown, he's likely going to take it in himself because he knows how important this game is for the standings and how I'm important gonna, it is to him. I'm going to tell you why I don't agree with that. Huff knows that these guys are going to – if, I, if I'm telling you right now, Huff, the animals are going against the U, who the hell are the, of the U going to key on? Who? Who on their team is so fucking amazing that they have to lock on and key on? The, the U is not going to go into that game respecting the players on the animals, which might be a detriment. 
Huff is going to exploit that. Huff is going to he's going to exploit that. So well, the DC Buzz were trying got, to win Sunday. Who were they focused on? Now it's a different level of uh, it's a different level of defense. My thing is, is that if Huff does the thing where he's pitching Huff or he's looking, he goes out crazy. of bounds. But if he goes out of bounds because he wants to throw a touchdown pass or what any of that, and then there was a mistake, that's not on that's not on the guy who made the mistake in, in the later play. That's a mistake on Huff because in a championship level performance against a championship level squad that he's facing Sunday, because we talked about it. If if the U beat the Watchmen and they beat them handedly and they're full of themselves going into this game, that's that's potentially a different level of intensity that the U bring to an animals team that maybe they look a little bit past. Well, guess what they're not they're doing not, this yeah, week? Yeah, the, the you have to win this week. Yeah, so There's they're not pressure. looking past them. They're, right. They're, they're, not, not. They're, they're not not taking it not. seriously. And I think they circled this game in the beginning of the season anyway. And it's just that much more important because of what happened in this last calendar week. Now, I think it's, it's interesting to think that other than the obvious rivalry between having a Huff play his former team or having the U play their former quarterback, it's also almost the antithesis of each other animals in inex- what does this sound like one of the greatest quarterbacks if not the greatest quarterback of all time inexperience and you know and you know a questionable level of of experience in these championship level games and then if we go to the to the, uh, the other side we have questions of the quarterback for the U but the rest of the roster Champions, champions up and down that roster from the, the guy that starts and plays the most to even the guys that come in and sub every once in a while. So as much as we'll, we'll mention the J-Rock getting hus-hust, J-Rock is still a multi-time champion in this league and knows how to play the game. And against some of these guys and the animals, it's going to be interesting to see. Is it, the, is it the Supreme Court? All right. I mentioned his name to get the hus hus in there. I can't completely disrespect the guy moving forward. All I said was an absolute fact. And if you're not watching this on DAZN, A7FL.TV or YouTube, and listening wherever podcasts are sold, check out what Rob is doing as I'm saying J Rock's name. Just it's selling him out in front of God, everybody. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm a narc, and with everything that Baltimore selling has Selling out your us, own people, your own people. It be yeah, your own bad. people. I don't know. I'm trying to give the immersive experience because every. I think one of the best things about our, our video podcast are the faces that Rob makes, the ridiculous things I say, and the things that I mention. But who's going to win? The Hall of Fame quarterback with the roster that we're still worried about or the, the quarterback – that we're worried about with Hall of Famers all over the roster. It'll be an interesting game, and it starts our great game of the week Sunday. It certainly does, Corey. Bringing it, bringing it right back YouTube. around, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern on A7FL.TV. And the zone action starts at 1 p.m. with the countdown to throw off, hosted by me, Matt Ryan, and then me, Corey, and Rob will call all the action for you all afternoon long into the evening. And also join us every week here on the three on one podcast. And you can also listen on the A7FL podcast network to the other side of the ball. Scott McCorkle, a dub Casey Cox and company will be breaking down the other 10, which will be 11 through 20 
They'll be counting that down starting this week, I believe. So keep an ear out for that one. And we're done here. We're going to wrap up, be able to join us this Sunday, but let's get some sponsor love out of the way. Tinyurl.com slash A7FL Skillshare. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL Skillshare. Sign up now for a free 30-day trial and we end up with some money. So give us money. You get smarter. We get money. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And also head on over to tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com backslash A7FL merch. You can get the I Tried shirt. You can get the Hus Hus shirt. You can get the shirt with all three of our faces on it. Or if you're an elegant, respectable person, you can get the Thick Boy Season t-shirt right there. You can get it in a bunch of different colors. Don't get white on white. Uh, that's just, you know, something you shouldn't do. But Steve. for for Big Rob Fabian, for Corey Hammond, I'm Matt Ryan reminding you as always, don't be an asshole. I'll try. there it's matt ryan are you enjoying this a7fl podcast well i'm glad you are because that means you can give us money that's right you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch that's tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch up there right now we have some thick boy season merchandise we've got some hus hus shirts and also we've got some Corey hammond related merchandise coming soon a Corey hammond Corey hammond's t-shirt hoodie and a whole lot more you can get all of them right now sent to you nice comfy and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and also you can find it in the show notes now back to that podcast you like